this is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag for Paris podcast. It is wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. And so this week, we are beginning a new series called Stand. And it's a series that, in many ways, is going to revolve around what I believe are two primary, two foundational questions when it comes to life. Uh, when it comes to faith, uh, questions that perhaps the answers come easily to you, or maybe they're questions that you're going to have to reflect a bit on, you're going to have to wrestle a bit with, maybe even begin to change your perspective. Uh, but regardless of where you are in life or in faith in terms of your belief with God, I believe this is a series that will again help to reorient us in the midst of all of life. And so, so what are the questions? Uh, the first question is simply this. What am I standing upon? It's a question that really deals with what is the foundation of your life? Where do you find hope? What is a sense of identity? Where do you get strength in, in the midst of good times, in difficult times, in the times where you don't know what's going to happen next? What are you standing upon? And then the second question that in many ways comes out of this is what am I standing for? What are my core values? What are my beliefs? What are my convictions? Essentially, this series, Stand, is a series on faith, on life, on when it comes to our relationship with God, it needs to incorporate both belief and behavior. That when it comes to our understanding of, of living life with Jesus, it's, it's more than just knowing about him. It, it's more than just having an intellectual knowledge. It's landing at the place of, is this the foundation of my life? And if so, how does it begin to influence my behavior? Not just in the big decisions, but in the everyday moments of life. And so I'm really glad you're joining us. And I really hope in the next number of weeks that, that this is a series that is helpful for you in, in asking yourself these important questions. What am I standing for? And what am I standing upon? To, to help guide our conversation, we're going we're gonna to turn to a book in the Old Testament. And so the time before the birth of Jesus. And we're going to look at the person and the character of Daniel. Now, I don't know how familiar you are with Daniel. Maybe you've heard about Daniel in the lion's den. And, and we're going to get to that and some of the other significant events in his life. But we're going to begin at the very beginning. To realize in the midst of life, Daniel, like you and I, we're faced with these two questions. What is the foundation of his life? What is he standing upon? And what is he standing for? So let's jump in and kind of set the framework for us here today and then start to unpack it in terms of what does this look like in the midst of our life as well. So we're going to turn to Daniel chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. And this is what the Bible tells us. During the third year of King Jehoiakim's reign in Judea, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. The Lord gave him victory over King Jehoiakim of Judea and permitted him to take some of the sacred objects from the temple of God. 
So Nebuchadnezzar took them back to the land of Babylonia and placed them in the treasure house of his God. Then the king ordered his chief of staff to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. Select only strong, healthy, and good-looking young men, he said. Make sure they are well-versed in every branch of learning, are gifted with knowledge and good judgment, and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. The king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. They were to be trained for three years, and then they would enter the royal service. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were four of the young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. The chief of staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Daniel was called Belshazzar. Hananiah was called Shadrach. Mishael was called Meshach. And Azariah was called Abednego. And so that's a lot right there. And maybe you're thinking, okay, those are some ridiculous names. What exactly happened? Basically, the situation was this. Things were not good for God's people. They had been conquered and run over by a rival nation, the most powerful nation, the Babylonians. They essentially marched into Jerusalem, completely wiped it out, destroyed their city, knocked down their homes, and basically pillaged the temple. To add insult to injury, they then took the best, the brightest, the youngest, the future of the nation back to Babylonian and began to teach them a new language, new literature, even changed their names. To say things were not good for God's people would be an immense understatement. And it's here that we're introduced to the person of Daniel. Now, Daniel at this time uh, would have been uh, a teenager. And, and for me, that really struck a chord for, for two reasons. One is my kids are teenagers. And so I look at them with their sense of promise, the, the sense of the future before them. I'm also not that old that I can't think back to my teenage years. Those years where you're enjoying life, where you're enjoying family, where you're enjoying friends, where, where you're looking forward to what is going to come next. For Daniel, it seemed like all of that was completely wiped out. I mean, it's important for us not to run through this too quickly. Imagine you had been removed from your home. Your, your town was completely destroyed. Your, your city knocked down. Everything that was important to you completely ruined. And then you were removed from your country, dropped in a foreign land, in a new culture, forced to learn a new language, new cultures, new customs, and they even changed your name. I mean, what do you think would be going through your mind? You'd be wondering what on earth is happening and if you're someone who, who believed in God, most likely your questions would be directed to him. God, where are you in the midst of all of this? This is where we are introduced to Daniel. 
And it's here that we begin, I believe, to start to face that first question. What are you standing upon? When I think of a foundation, we realize the importance of a foundation because that is what gives strength. That is what gives meaning. That that is what gives you a sense of hope in the midst of whatever comes at you. For Daniel, as we're about to see as we continue to read in the weeks yet to come, we realize that his foundation was based upon the sovereignty of God, based upon the reality that he believed that no matter what was happening to him or around him, that God was in control. Our foundations are often shaken the most in the midst of the storms of life. And that's precisely what we see happening to Daniel. Sure, when he was at home in Jerusalem with his friends in the temple and life was going well, surely in those moments it would be easy to talk about how God was his foundation. But when all of that was stripped away, how is it that he would respond? What about you? When it comes to life, how would you answer that question? What do you stand upon? What is the foundation that gives you a sense of strength, that gives you security, that that you are able to find hope even in the midst of difficult moments? When we talk about faith, is it simply something we believe in? Or does it begin to shape completely who we are? Let's keep reading, because we'll see that for Daniel, that that his faith, that, that his belief in God was not mere lip service, but it truly impacted and informed how he lived. In Daniel 1 verse 8, this is what we read. But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and the wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Now God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. But he responded, I am afraid of my lord, the king, who has ordered that you eat this food and wine. If you become pale and thin compared to the other youths your age, I am afraid the king will have me beheaded. You may have wondered why I, I made the statement that, that, that Daniel's foundation was based upon his trust in God because we start to see it unpacked here in these verses. That Daniel, for, for some reason, was making a stand. That, that he was refusing, in many ways, one of the perks, if not the only perk, of what was about to happen to him. He was going to eat the best food and drink the best wine. Yet Daniel refused. Because there was a sense of of inner conviction that this went against what he believed God was calling him to do. You have to stop there and, and pause for a moment. Because you begin to see in Daniel something rather incredible. That that he was willing to take a stand, even when it would not have been easy. Here we're given the first glimpse of what faith looks like when belief begins to shape 
behavior. When I think of giving something mere lip service, it's when you talk about something that is seemingly important, but it doesn't actually translate into the rest of your life. I think of healthy living. You can talk about the importance of of healthy living, yet if you don't exercise and continue to eat crap food, someone will look at you and be like, "Wait, wait a second, I know you talk a lot about it, but it's not translating into the rest of your life. Or, for example, you you talk about the importance of family, but you seem to do everything and make time for everything but those in your family. You'd pull back and say, hey, wait a second, You, you talk about the importance of it, but I don't see it displayed in your life. What about when it comes to faith? What about when it comes to our belief in God? Is it just simply a a part of what we do? Or is it truly all of who we are? What I begin to appreciate when I look at the example of Daniel is we see a man who did not just simply believe in God, but his belief began to shape his behavior. That even though things had not been going well for him, Even though he could have easily looked at the circumstances and situations and even begun to blame God, Daniel remained faithful to him. Why? Because he knew his ultimate hope was found in God and that his belief was going to shape his behavior. As I pull back, I think one of the valuable lessons we we learn from Daniel is not just simply the importance of making God the foundation of our lives, but allowing our belief in God to shape our behavior. If I were to put it another way, Daniel reminds us the importance of avoiding what I'd refer to as convenient Christianity. You know how that goes. That that, that we'll follow in the ways of God when it is convenient to us. That, That we'll do what God asks of us when there's not too great of a cost. That that we can talk about the importance of God when things are going well, but the minute things begin to go off the rails, that's when we start to pull back. When we think about the invitation that Jesus gives to all of us to come and follow him, it's an invitation that is not just simply based upon belief when Jesus says, believe in these things, but begin to shape your life upon me. Jesus, early on in in his teaching, in Matthew chapter 7, he says, those who hear my words and build their life upon is like a wise person. It's right there that Jesus is saying, listen, if if you want to shape your life upon me, if you want to build your life upon me, don't just simply believe in me, but allow your belief to begin to shape your behavior. I think one of the most penetrating questions that I can ask myself is when I begin to get real honest and start to ask, what difference is my faith in God? Or what difference is my relationship with Jesus making in my life? I mean, at the end of the day, if I live and act and talk and behave in the same way as those who don't believe in God, then what difference is it making? It's mere lip 
service. You see, for Daniel, it, it would have been so easy just to go along with the crowd. It would have been so easy to, to look at the circumstances and situation and be like, well, in the midst of everything else, I might as well enjoy a good meal and a good glass of wine. But Daniel felt this inner conviction that his belief in God was going to shape his behavior. And as we're about to see in the coming weeks, some incredible things begin to happen. But we're also about to see that greater tests are going to be put before Daniel. There's much more to go along to this story. And we're going to pick it up again next week. But in the midst of this, we see how Daniel's refusing to eat this food and drink this choice wine. He convinced the person in charge to, to just give him 10 days, to just try it out and see what was about to happen and then evaluate him after those 10 days. We start to see how God was working behind the scenes. And 10 days later, Daniel looked better and more well-equipped than those who were eating the king's choice food. And we'll pick it up next week as we start to see just how God was continually at work. But as we kind of wrap up this week, I want to come back to that question of what are you standing upon? In the midst of life, what is your foundation? And then out of that, what are you standing for? I think one of the greatest dangers that we can fall into as followers of Jesus is that we land on what I'd refer to as just convenient Christianity. That we only go along with what God asks of us when it kind of works out for us. Hopefully the example of Daniel, we begin to see that there is a much better way. Daniel reminds me that in order for belief to shape behavior, it must start oftentimes in the small ways in the ways that we can easily brush off. A couple of weeks ago, just before Christmas, I had to run an errand. I had to go into Sobeys and, and literally just pick up two things. And so I ran through the door and you know when you don't only need to pick up two things, you, you don't really worry um, about getting a cart or a basket because you're like, I'm only here for two things. Well, I was running in for two things and, and sure enough, I suddenly saw something on sale. It was blue cheese. I don't know about you, but I love blue cheese and it's on sale. So I grabbed one and then I started to notice a couple other things I needed. And so I grabbed a few more things. Pretty soon, you know, my hands were full. And so the blue cheese quickly went into my pocket thinking, I'll just grab a couple other things, went to the teller, put the things on the, on the, on the, to the teller, whatever it's called, paid for them, got out, jumped in my car, drove home, got home, started to empty my pockets. And guess what I found? Unpaid blue cheese. Now, here was a moment where I was like, it was only a couple of bucks. It was a great deal. <laughs> I'd almost say steal, but that's kind of inappropriate considering the story. And I thought, I don't want to go all the way back across town. It's going to be inconvenient. It's, it's really not necessary. It's only a couple of bucks. I even went down the path of thinking, this is Sobeys. They're not going to miss a couple of bucks. And then it struck me. 
as a follower of Jesus, what he asks of me is not just simply in the big things, not just simply in the moments where I will get noticed, but in the small ways, in the easily dismissed ways. Because what I began to realize is that if my belief does not shape my behavior in the small things, it most certainly won't in the more significant moments as well. So what did I do? The next day, I walked back into Sobeys, paid for the cheese, and went home. Now listen, I'm not, I'm not telling you this story to, to make me the hero of the story, because I'm not. Because I so easily could have just dismissed it. And it reminds me the importance of in the midst of all of life, that if I make God the foundation of my life, then I mean I'm going to follow him, and not just in the, the big things, but in the little ones as well. What about you? How does your faith impact your life? How does it enable you to find strength, not only in the good times, but in difficult times? And if pushed even further, how does your belief begin to shape your behavior? Next week, we're going to pick up on this story again and look at even when we take a position, even when we take a stand, how do we do it in a way that is honoring to God? Because what's amazing about Daniel is not only did he take a stand, he did so in a way that was incredibly amazing. This week, wherever you're at, take some time. Reflect on these questions. What are you standing upon? And what are you standing for? How is your faith, how is your relationship with God shaping both your belief and your behavior? Let's pray together. And so, Lord Jesus, as we come before you this day, God, I pray for those that are, that are watching here, that perhaps are listening in. May this be an opportunity for us to be reminded again of the tremendous hope that is found in you. I pray, Lord God, that in the midst of life, that our belief would not just simply be in the big things, but our following of you would truly shape our behavior. And so continue to work in our lives, continue to reveal in our lives the areas that we need to honor you. For we ask it all, Jesus, in your name. Amen. And so now may the blessing and the love of God the Father Almighty, the grace and the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the peace and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you today and in all of your tomorrows. Amen. today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris, our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 1030 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. 
It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B dot C-A. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, We have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca, and I'll get right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.